G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. All is in ruin. All is disintegrated. Here's the point. You cease to have value in hell. You have no value. It's meaningless. Hi, and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today we're asking, is hell a real place and should I care? Pastor Jeff is sharing the thoughts of Jesus from Luke chapter 16, which tell us hell is a place of awareness and also of disintegration of the soul. Once you're in this place where the cross has not been embraced, there is no way to bridge the gap. And even if Father Abraham wanted to offer help, no help could come because nothing good exists in this place. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we continue, Is Hell a Real Place and Should I Care? So you're in existence where there is no good thing, and you've been brought to ruin. Every good and perfect gift, James 1.17, is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, the same God who made the heavens and made the heaven is the same God that blesses you now and will bless you through eternity. But if there is no God, there is no good thing. All is in ruin, all is disintegrated. Here's the point. You cease to have value in hell. You have no value. It's meaningless. You have no purpose. That's why Jesus in Matthew chapter 10, notice Jesus' words again. He knows the disciples are going to be facing all kind of turmoil, going to be threatened, bodily harm. He looks at his guys and he says, guys, man, don't be afraid of the one who can destroy the body. Be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. But Jeff, you said you said you couldn't kill the soul, that it lasts forever. No, the Greek word is apolumi. It means to smash, smash, smash until that thing does not cease to exist, but it is brought to ruin. There is no purpose. There is no hope. There is no meaning. Number one, hell is a place of awareness. Number two, hell is a place of disintegration. Three, hell is a place of no return. Verse 26, he says, and besides all this, between us and you, there is a great chasm fixed so that, there, so that those who wish to come over from here to you will not be able and that none may cross over from there to us. He uses the Greek word hesterictai, fixed permanently. It's never gonna end. Now, why in hell? Young people, teenagers over here on my right, I see you, pay attention. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. You need to hear this part, all right? I'm watching you. I got my eyes on you. (laughs) You need to hear this. I know what I thought when I was your age. Oh boy, here we go. You need to listen. The Bible says there's a permanent gulf. There is no second chance. Once you're in, you're in for good. And I used to wonder this, man, that just seems like so unfair to me. A part of it seems so unfair. Why is there a permanent gulf? Why does preaching stop in eternity? And then something dawned on me in this parable for the first time. Now I knew that this was the only parable where Jesus actually named somebody, Lazarus. 
But do you know what his name means? God's help. You see the difference now? The difference between the rich man and the poor man is not one was rich and one was poor. And if you're rich, you go to hell. Well, that's ridiculous. The difference is one lived a life of self-sufficiency. The other knew he needed the help of God and God's help became his definitive mark. Now, why would we need God's help? Well, I'm going to show you something you've probably never seen before. (laughs) I'm going to show you this until you start having image. You look away and it's still there. What does the Bible say? This is us. We are separated from God because of our sin. Now, I got to say something. Young people, listen. You're going to hear all kinds of people come to you and they're going to say, you know, if God loves us so much, why not just, you know, okay, I love you so much. I know you're sinners, but come on up, man. No problem. Why, Why doesn't God do that? That kind of question fails to take into consideration that God has those two sides to his nature. He's not just love. He's also holy. And let me say it, in the same way that you have to eat to survive in your human essence, you can stop eating, but you'll die. God has to remain true to his holy nature. And that holiness requires him to separate himself from all known sin. So that when you and I sin, there's a tension in the nature of God. His holy character requires him to punish us. But his loving character wants, creates a passion where God wants to forgive and give love and mercy. But he can't, violate one part of his nature to remain true to the other. He's got to meet requirements of both. How on earth can God possibly do that? How can he make sure that all sin is punished and that he loves us and gives us opportunity for grace and forgiveness? You know how you cross over, right? By coming to the, by sending his only son to die on a cross. So the requirements of his holiness have been met and sin has been punished on the cross of Jesus Christ. And the requirements of his love have been met in that he sent his own son. The problem is, this is what it means for God to be your help. That you know you're a sinner and you're separated from God because of your sin. And you walk across on the provision, the extension of the mercy of God. Now, the problem is a lot of people will say, I don't need the cross. After all, I'm good. I'm no Hitler, Lenin, or Stalin. The problem is we're not the benchmark. God is. God is 100% totally holy and pure. So if you're going to relate to God on the basis of law, you've got to be 100% totally righteous and pure as well. Problem with that is the Bible clearly says there is no one righteous, no, not one. Other people will say, you know what? There's no gap. It's a denial. There's no real gap. I mean, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I, you know, if you put a graph up, I'm basically 51, 50% good. I've got more good in my life than bad. So I, there is no gap. You think there is, but I talk to God all the time and he hears me. It's a totally subjective thing. I know he hears me. I just feel it inside. And whatever I ask, God's involved. And I'm telling you this, Jesus says, no, there's only one way to fill the gap, one way to cross it. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ where he becomes your Lord and Savior. Therefore, God ultimately becomes your help. But I love this third way. It's the mercy loophole. It's what I find today in my conversations with so many people. Well, I don't know, Jeff, if there's a God, but if there is, I'm just going to depend on his mercy when I die because I know he's a good God. If he's there, he's good. And he'll look down, he'll think, you know, this guy's, you know, he had a lot of shortcomings, a lot of failures, but, you know, he gave it the good old college try, so it's okay. And they're depending on God to give them mercy in the end. Here's the problem. This parable is very clear. It says that the time for mercy and grace is now. But a time is coming when the time for mercy and grace has ended and it's a time for the holiness of God to kick in. That today's the day of salvation for you. 
You say that God doesn't give you mercy and grace every time you come into this building and you hear the word of God proclaimed. That's an extension of the grace and mercy of God. Every time you hear a song, a worship song on the radio and you're convicted by the spirit, that's an extension of the mercy and grace of God. Every time you come into this place or any place and the spirit of God convicts you of sin in your life and you make no move toward the cross, that's an extension of the mercy and grace of God. But the problem is the day's coming when mercy and grace now have gone, it's been offered and those who have rejected it or not or apathetically ignored it, it's time for justice, justice and judgment. Look what he happens. He says, send Lazarus, says the rich man, to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. He says, no, you receive good things, Lazarus bad things, but now he's being comforted and you are in agony. Now, young guys, listen to what happens in verse 26. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. In other words, there's a big gulf. Father Abraham was saying, guys, even if I wanted to help you, I could not. Why? Because you got what you asked for. God has withdrawn his presence. Everything good is gone. There is no goodness in this place. There is a chasm that is fixed. And God is, listen, God is not going to, to violate his holy nature for anybody, no matter how good you think you are. The requirements of his holiness have to be met. They are met on the cross. But once you're in this place of separation, once you're in this place where the cross has not been embraced, there is no way to bridge the gap. And even if Father Abraham wanted to offer help, no help could come because nothing good exists in this place. This is Today with Jeff Vines. And the message is asking, is hell a real place? From Luke chapter 16, Jesus' story about the rich man and Lazarus tells us the time will come when our holy God will withdraw His presence from those who do not want Him in their lives. That brings me to the final point. Hell is a place that can be avoided. And He said, verse 27, Then I beg you, Father, that you send Him to my Father's house. For I have five brothers, in order that He may warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Now, young people, middle age, old, whatever category you feel you're in, I want you to hear this next. Because we Californians, we Californians, we fall for a lot of stuff. We do. I think we're so subjective. Listen to this. The message is clear. Special visions are not more powerful than the message of God delivered through his servants. Special visions of people coming back from the dead, apparitions, are not more powerful than the message of God delivered through his servants. That's why Paul said in Romans 10, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And let me tell you something. Why is it more powerful? Because when you walk across the room, the spirit of God goes with you. And nothing's more powerful than the spirit of God. That's why Jesus is looking for walk across the room type people, walk across the room type churches. Listen, hear my heart on this. Look up now. You, you filled in the blank. So those of you who just have to do that, it's been done. Listen, just for a moment. I grew up in these churches. I'm telling you, I grew up in a church where the sermon was about the same thing 52 weeks out of the year, sin. My goodness, I'd, I'd like a little encouragement from time to time. But then we moved to another church in my teenage years, and I'm not sure which one was worse because in this church, there was such an arrogance. The pastor was well-learned. 
And he can go through the passage text verse by verse. We got fatter and fatter and fatter by spiritual means. We got soaked up. Paul says that knowledge puffs up and we were so big we could barely get in the room. We just kept soaking up this knowledge. Oh, I understand the Bible. I understand deep theological truths. We soaked it in, soaked it in, but we never had a heart to walk across the room. We never had a passion to pursue those who are far from God. We just kept learning and learning. Our church never grew except in knowledge and understanding, but not much wisdom. I can't do it anymore. That is not the life I can live. Listen, I told you that this may be a story not a variable because there is a twist in this story. The twist is that right out of the gate, the Bible tells us that this rich man would come out of his palatial home, palatial gate, obviously every day. And Lazarus is there longing for the crumbs. What was the sin of the rich man that took him to hell? Was it rich? No, we know in other passages, there's not a sin in being wealthy. His sin was apathy. That he pulled out of the gate every day with this poor beggar. Why didn't he say, hey, Lazarus, you got a need? Come on in, man. Forget the crumbs under the table. Let's have a banquet. I want to feed you, clothe you, and love you. Yet he drove by every day and gave no attention because he was apathetic. And let me tell you, that's the same thing I do. Same thing you do when you walk by people every day who are crying out for spiritual food. They're hungry and you're too busy. You got your own objectives and goals and literally you do not care. And Jesus is trying to say, that is not indicative of an authentic, genuine follower of Jesus Christ. He stops, he cares, he meets the need. I'm concerned. Do you see where I'm going with all this? I mean, I remember being in New Zealand and coaching this basketball team and we had a pretty good year. So we're going down, downtown Auckland to have a banquet. There's a big party going on. I can't get in. I was late because I had a wedding earlier that day. And I can see the party. I can hear the music, the thumping of the bass drum. But no one can hear me. I'm knocking on the window because I don't know how to get in. I keep walking around trying to get in. But I can't get in. It's frustrating. And I can see them partying, I can see the good time, and I keep walking around. Finally, I find a door that gets me in. Do you see where I'm going? Hell is not like that. Once you're in, there is no exit door. You can't walk around. You can't get out to get into the banquet. And the uncanny thing about this whole endeavor is that you and I have family members, coworkers, people that we run into daily that we just... We just don't feel the need to walk across the room. But the thing that bothers me most, and I'll take us around third to home plate. The Bible seems to say, Jesus that is, that sure, there will be many when you share it with them, they'll reject it. But there's a lot of other people that if you would have just told them, they would have come. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. There's a word play here. Jesus says the wide gate, the wide road, you enter, asa erkomai, you go with the flow, you just walk, you just go where everybody else is going. Because there's a lot of people who are just living the way their parents taught them to live. They're going like everybody else is going. They don't know anything different. But he says, there's another gate, it's narrow. The road is narrow, but few find it. Now everybody knows this Greek word, eureka, I found it. But complete, part of that word, inclusive, 
is that somebody helped you find it. They took you by the arm, they led you. You went out to the highways and byways, Luke 14, and you compelled them. You told them that they were invited and they came. That's why Charlie Peace said, if I believed what you Christians say you believe about the doctrine of hell, I would crawl across my hands and knees all across Europe till everyone had heard. Now, can I say something to some of you? There's no such thing as retirement. You know that, don't you? Thank God you're able to retire because after this economy, a lot of people can't. And you are? There's no such thing as retirement in the kingdom. This is when you have the most time. It's when you're the most free, the most thankful. Now you can walk across the room. You can go to the cafes, just sit there waiting for somebody. Read the newspaper. Read about the angel's victory. Whatever you have to do, just throw it in there. This is the time, this is the time for us. See, here's the problem. Here's my problem. Am I going to see my friend again? You, you, do you remember the story I tell you probably every five to six months when my, my parents left us with my aunt there in East Tennessee? And my aunt said, don't, don't, walk, don't take the shortcut across the field, remember? Because you're going to be tempted to. And of course, when you hear that from an aunt, that's a license. I'm going to take the shortcut through the field. She, didn't, she never told us why. She just said, don't do it. And so I climbed the fence. I was running late and I didn't want to be in trouble with my aunt. So I thought I could just kind of deceive her. So I took the shortcut. Imagine pastors doing things like that. <laughs> I got about halfway through the field and growing up in East Tennessee, I recognized the snorting of a bull. <laughs> and my whole life flashed before my eyes. Now, since I was only eight, it didn't take very long. <laughs> and although I had learned and knew about the bull, nobody told me not to run from the bull. I turned around, looked at the bull. Of course, he's not running. He just stares at you first. And now, you know, it's, it's kind of like, what, what, are you crazy? This is my field. Why are you here? Did someone not tell you that you, this is bad? And of course, I, I then saw the look in his eyes and started running. You didn't know I spoke bull, did you? My wife says, I, that doesn't surprise her. And so I'm running through the room. I'm running through the room. I'm running through the field. And of course, that's a sign for the bull to start running. He starts running. I think my life is over. And I get to the other side. and It's not a picket fence like I had crawled. This is a five feet wall. And I know that my life is over. I'm just waiting to be speared in the back. <laughs> and my mother knew something was up. She came to the wall. She crawled over the top and pulled me over to safety. And she said, I'm going to kill you later. But I love you. I love you. I love you. You know that's heaven, right? You know it's where God takes you in his arms and he says, I love you. It's all over now. Your life was short. Man, you're going to like it up here, Jeff. I hold you and you're close to the Father. I don't know if I'll see my friend. I know what he would say, though. I think he'd say, why? I thought you were my friend. I mean, you, you were sitting on this gold. You never said a word. What, because you're afraid of being rejected? You're kidding me, right? Jeff, it's for eternity we're talking about. It's the, it's the all of time. You couldn't have said just one thing. You couldn't have explained it just one time. Even if I laughed it off. Even if I laughed it off, couldn't you have said something? I thought you were a good guy. I thought you loved me. I thought I mattered. And you young people, you got no no certainty that your friend's going to live past the age of 19, 20, 20. You got no certainty. 
I think he would say, I want to be held in the arms of the Father. And I know what some of you are thinking. Well, you know, if God was good and merciful, he'd, he'd get them in there anyway. No, listen, he's not going to violate his holiness for anybody. There is a way the extension of the mercy of God comes to you every day through the cross. And you embrace it, you cross over. And here's the beauty of it. The release that happens here, oh my. You're a father and you know you've blown it with your marriage and your children. And as you're walking across, you feel this burden just come right off your back. And the hope that God changes not only what you do, but what you want to do. You've not been the mother you wanted to be. You failed God in so many ways. You think you're so far, there's no way you could cross the gap. The cross, you walk over and the release that happens. Oh, just the burden, the, the pressure, everything's gone. Forgiveness, salvation, restoration. Are you with me? Uh, will we become a walk across the room type church where every week somebody has brought a friend to hear the gospel? And when you, will you encourage me to get more aggressive with preaching the gospel? To include it in every service, even though you've heard it a thousand times, so that if there's somebody here, they can hear it for the first time, the release could come. Will you do that? Are you with me? <laughs> Father, we love you so much. We, we acknowledge that your word is powerful. Sometimes when we get caught up in the subjective and we start feeling that the earth and the world shouldn't be this way, I pray that we would align our wills with your will, that we would understand the holy character of a holy God that extends mercy and grace every single day of our life. We hear the gospel and we're compelled to come. Father, I pray that we would be your kind of people who have a passion to go out and do what it takes, even at the risk of ridicule, even at the risk of separation, we would do what we do in love with gentleness and kindness, but we would do it with the confidence that the spirit of the living God, as we walk across the room, goes with us. His word becomes our words and lives are changed. Send revival to this place. Renew our passion for those who are far from you in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and that's it for today. In asking whether or not hell is a real place, we've discovered our God is both love and holy. Join us next time to hear a new message and a new series from Pastor Jeff. I want to give you a little test right now, okay? Here's the test. If you had to describe to somebody the gospel Jesus came to bring, could you do it, and how would you describe it? Today with Jeff Vines, just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.